<laughs> Welcome to Car Talk Sunday Kickback. I'm live in isolation with Scott Riz, father and son dynamic duo Robin Harley and their good friend Joe. Joe. How you doing, Joe? Good, good thank you. Uh, so we're here on the on the Sunday show uh, where we talk, you know, all things with our car updates. But we all, we also discuss car of the week towards the end of the show. Robin Harley, it's been a while since we've had you on the show. What's been happening, guys? Not much. Not much. <laughs> well, uh, we sold the Mirage on Deb. Oh, the what? Little Miss Mirage. So yeah. she hasn't got a Mirage anymore. She's got a Pajero now. She's, so she's got the full-time Pajero Sport as a daily. Okay. Um, Harley missed out on buying his uh, A45S <laughs> AMG. <laughs> I'll put a deposit down, but we could have come to a negotiation on the final price. Okay. So, so now he's um, Carlos. Slumming it, slumming it in the merch. <laughs> Carlos. Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> or Carlos. So, so wait, so, so you're driving the uh, the E36? Uh, um, in the Mustang, yeah. Yeah. As a daily, yeah. So I, I switch between the two. Okay. Until I, until I get another car soon. All right. <laughs> So look, the last time last time we spoke about this, you were looking at a uh, um, uh, was it a Mercedes GT, right? Like a... yeah, well, I, I, we've we've made a few offers as well to trade the Mustang for AMG, <laughs> and we've had a few bites actually. So we're looking at trading the '65 Mustang uh, for an AMG GT, and a couple of guys were actually interested. So, but I don't think we can come to an agreement on the car plus cash. Yeah. In for the trade for the AMG GT. Okay. So it's sort of unless we can get the right price, we're looking at you know the sixty-five Mustang plus about seventy k for an AMG GT, and we haven't found anyone who would wants to do that yet. Yeah. So, but that's sort of what we're looking at for an exchange. So, because I, I thought you would, uh, Harley, you were saying that. You weren't you weren't going to do the uh, the A forty five. I thought you weren't just you're were going to go straight. No, to I, I wasn't, but the deal I, I thought it was a good deal at the time, and I went in there and I got sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought oh, I just stuck it. I'm going to sign the papers and we'll see how yeah. it goes. But it didn't work out. So lucky I did it because actually dropped the price more than what I was going to pay for it. Oh, what? Okay, far out. Yeah. So like so lucky I did, but it's got more, a bit more case on it now because it was a demo. Okay. But yeah, we couldn't get to that final agree- agreement. Oh, it was more right. because of the finance, because I wanted to do a three-year finance with the free servicing, but then they wanted, then they wanted to do a five-year um, finance deal, but no free servicing. So I walked away. I said, I want the free servicing. Yeah. If you can't do the free servicing for five years, then I'm walking away. Because yeah. with all the later models, they actually give you five years servicing in the in the deal. Okay. And 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 five year warranty, don't they? No, they don't give you the service. Uh, they give you three years free service and five year warranty, but they yeah. only want to give me three years warranty and three years free service. For, but on a three year finance plan. Riz, what do you think yeah. about that? I mean, you being with Carlip and all. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Which Sheila was that? It was um Mercedes Benz Turek. Oh right. Um. Yeah. Usually, they'd be giving like the servicing offers. They get cash back from I guess Mercedes themselves to try and promote certain cars but generally they should be offering it with the duration of the warranty so if it's a five-year warranty on the car 
they should be giving you five year servicing with it as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. They're running a hard bargain. Yeah, it's almost hard to But after the deal fell through, they actually dropped the price even further. Yeah, that's the hard thing with, I guess, the market itself, where every dealer is basically able to sell you the car at the same price as long as they have the car in stock. Yeah. And unless it's a special order, um, did they have the car in stock? Yeah, so it was, a, it was a demo with like at the time oh. it only had like maybe 200 Ks on it, 200 kilometers on it. Yeah. Now it's got about, I think, maybe seven or 800 kilometers on it, and they're asking less, a lower price for it, even more. They dropped even more the price. Well, that's the other thing as well now. Obviously, with the market doing what it's doing, people yeah. are not buying cars. And um, what happens is all of those cars, they cost the dealership quite a bit of money to have them on the showroom floor or because they, they own, they finance yeah, all of those cars. So the longer it sits there, the more it costs them. And obviously people, when they're looking at buying a new Mercedes, they're not really going to settle for, most people won't settle for a car with 200 or 800 Ks on it. Yeah. So I think it's a buyer's market sort of thing. And just because they didn't sort of accept your offer uh, when you last approached them, it's going to be a very different thing. Like in a week's time, if they still have that car and as they're approaching the end of the month. Um, yeah. they, well, well, this, they, this was about, yeah, this was about three weeks ago and they still got it for sale. Yeah. So that, you know, you, yeah. you're, it, it's sort of a buyer's market and you basically yeah. demand what you're sort of looking for. But this for. is more, yeah. yeah. This is more Mercedes Benz finance too, because, um, He's like kind of told me, oh, yeah, three-year finance, guaranteed future value buyback, three years free service. And I go, oh, that sounds good. And then when I like went through all the process, they go, oh, no, we actually want you to do a five-year finance deal. I go, I don't want to do a five-year yeah. finance deal because I get the yeah. free servicing there. Yeah, and, and that's the, I guess you also have to weigh up what the servicing costs are. My yeah. understanding for Mercedes servicing, they're not too expensive on new cars. so. Yeah. If the servicing itself is, let's say, 1200 bucks over three years for simplicity's sake, then that's just 1200 bucks. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And they, they try and get you on that technicality where if you, if you sort of, I guess, put your foot down and you try to negotiate that out of the price of the car, it will be, you'll be way better off in yeah. some cases. So, yeah, yeah. They, they, this is just their normal tactics, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, I, I thought like, yeah, no, nah, like, I was like, I'm like, basically, that I, I thought they're going to drop down the price lower too soon. I reckon they, they'll have better, like, you know, some maybe even lesser Ks on them as demos for the same price, if not lower than what they were asking. And I thought mm. I'll just hold off for now if I, want, if I really want one. Yeah, exactly. And it's the right thing to do as well. You know, you don't know what the market's going to do and there may be more coming on stock. Yeah. Um, soon and it's worth just having a look around across the dealerships and seeing what pops up because not everything is listed on car sales so yeah, that's right. you know it's easy to pick up the phone and just ring the dealer and say this is what you're after if they've got it in stock new or demo um, they should be able to tell you well yeah that's, a, that's a, also too I was looking at a CLA 45S a brand new one mm -hmm. and I saw um, Three Point Motors had a um, demo one they're asking one hundred twenty-four thousand dollars for it. 
Yeah. I go, oh, what's the best price you can do? Oh, that's the best price. But we'll sell you a brand new one with zero kilometers for 115. Yeah. I go, why would you sell me the demo one for less money? Yeah, but that's yeah. because they've got a certain cost on it. And over here, so they would have had to pay the on-roads and everything up front. Yeah, but this is a brand new car, exactly yeah. the same spec, yeah. with zero kilometers on it. That was selling yeah. for 115, yeah? But what happens sometimes is they, they get yeah the, uh, they get rebates from uh, Mercedes yes. because they may have ordered too many of those for Australia yeah. and then yes. trying to sell them and if they can't sell enough and they don't want to run into the case where they've got too many in the country they'd just like to keep moving and sort of thing the demand might not have been there um, but yeah there's this huge room to move in Mercedes Benz like yeah we have we have prices on all the new Benzes and what people are actually paying. So we can tell you what others have paid for that CLA 45S. And I think from memory, last time I checked, they were like 100 and, 107 grand, 106 grand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we know what, what the market's doing. The margins are huge on those cars, anything above 100 grand. Yeah. Yeah. That's and so they're, they're sort of asked, roughly asking about what, 92 now for oh, the demo? For the A45. A45? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. A45, that's about, yeah, 92 now. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Well, so yeah. what other car, what other car updates in terms of, in terms of you guys? So you've still, you've obviously still got the, the Barra Merc, you've still got the E30. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The 380 SC. SEC. Um, yeah. So we've got, yeah. They're pretty much the same cars, the same collection, no more. No more to the collection, that's it. No, they, just, we, they just sold my car though, Matt. So oh. yeah, we've got one less car to the collection, if anything. So that's good. You sold it from under it. She loved the Mirage. Yeah. Yes, she loved the Mirage, but um, you know, we had too many cars in yeah. the driveway and we'll afford to have one less there. So it's good. It's good. Now we've only got three cars in the driveway. So there's three of us and three cars in the driveway, <laughs> that is. <laughs> It's and there's another three in the garage. Then there's another three down at the the storage shed. But that's another thing again. It's all part of the fun and games. There's uh, only Riz... nine cars now. It's not too bad. <laughs> it's, it's, you're coming down. You're coming down. It's good. We're coming down. Coming Riz, down. Man, how are you going uh, with the Serato? You, you said you had it. So you had it. You had it going in for that noise, correct? Yeah. So. Uh... The way I'm right, sort of getting these kilometers up on this car, it'll be in for its 45,000 kilometer service in about a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll get them to have a look at it at that time. Um, it's just a bit hard to know where that noise is coming from. From what I can see, people are saying it's rear suspension or some parts of it, but it only happens when you turn right either at a roundabout or whatever. So, um, yeah, for a new car, it's pretty sort of, um, yeah, I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's something loose in the boot. I've had a look. I can't find anything, even because it's got a full-size spare as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, not, nothing really uh, to report on that one. Um, I did sort of... Um, because I've had a few issues with this car, I mean, not, not major issues. I've, I've had a good think about whether I'd get another one. Yeah. And I probably will, but because this was the first generation, 
of the new version that's come out. Yeah. It was going to have a few teething issues anyway, but look, the safety tech in that car for how much it costs, like it's, yeah, uh, like you wouldn't go with some of the features that it has if you were to buy a new car. Um, you Yeah, you wouldn't sort of give up on them. It, and yeah, for the value for money, with a few hiccups, seven year warranty is still there. So because I've gotten everything serviced through Kia, um, yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll just keep you posted what, what yeah. happens with, with this issue. I don't think it's major. Just, just speaking about um, uh, warranties, so I hear, um, I was reading an article the other day that's saying that even though the Kias have got a good warranty and they're, they're pretty good cars, but that they seem to be quite a few warranty claims for engine issues and various other things for the Kias. Is that something that you've heard as well? Uh, yeah, so from what I can see, um, so mine's a 2019 Serato. I bought it new last year. Um, it's they've. I've had my steering wheel replaced. I've had my um, the engine's been okay so far. Um, but yeah, it's. I think, like I was saying earlier, this is the first generation of this current model of this car. They were going to have teething issues with it, but overall, they seem to be fairly fairly reliable. Um, engine and transmission issues are sort of less you sort of hear less about them. Um, what I do see a lot more is uh, rattles. But apart from that, reliability-wise, they're pretty good compared to some of the issues, let's say, that Volkswagen has had mm-hmm. with their transmissions. I had another guy come to me this week saying he's had to replace um, a full DSG gearbox in his 2010 Audi A5 after getting a repair kit done six months ago, which he paid two and a half grand for at Audi. Um, that repair kit didn't work. Now he's got to do the whole gearbox for eight grand. The car's wow. not worth that much. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting times. Scotty Doe, what's happening with you, man? Mm, not much. Not much at all. So car updates, you want to look at a car today? Yeah, I went to check out a 31 because mm-hmm. um, it seemed to have some good parts on there that I thought would be perfect that I could just transfer over to mine or vice versa. And um, definitely wasn't as described or the way he said on the phone either. It was pretty run down, rust. Um, yeah, not worth it. Wasted my time pretty much. Where was Did the you car? Have to travel far? Yeah. Uh, about 40 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so a bit of a pain. Was it an exec or, or was it a... Uh, no, it wasn't an exec. Uh, like a GXE. Okay, so it's top, it's top spec. Well, just below TI, I think, they had. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. uh, so was this a manual or an auto? Yeah, so it would have been manual converted. Yeah. So I thought well, that was cool because I wanted to do that with mine anyway. Had like S13 front on it. So I had coilovers, S13 front done to it. Um, yeah, a couple other bits and pieces. I thought, oh, sweet, you know, this would be all right. I'll either just take some of the parts that are on mine now and put it onto this one. Yeah. And then just, yeah, and then just sell off the one that I've got here. But, yeah, there's rust all in the wheel wells, oh, like wow. bad. The gearbox felt a bit notchy, so I thought I would have to do some work in that. And, yeah. No, nah, not worth it. How much were they after? Six. 
Six grand. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think with what you paid for yours, I think with all those parts, you can you can have a way better car. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Definitely not worth it at all. Yeah. Yeah. It just annoyed me because of the way he explained things and stuff. And when you get there, you're like, oh, why don't you say the gearbox is rather notchy? Oh, and no. He said a bit of rust, but that's not a bit of rust. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the same thing happened to me a couple of weeks ago when I went and checked out that um that XR8, that that old uh, yeah. e, EBXR8. It was like, yeah, yeah, just a bit of paint fade. Not, nothing wrong with 130,000K. Get down there and, yep. and, the, and the thing's got rust on the dog legs. It's got 130,000 Ks on the on the cluster because it stopped about they reckon 70,000 Ks ago. Uh, it, it, the, the whole the whole car was just was just stuffed, and I was like, you know what? It's you know you, you call up and you discuss, and then you know you you say, yeah, come down. It's a really good car, and then you get there and it's nothing like it's been described. It really pisses you yeah. off. Yep, like the bar like the Barra Merc, you know, and only had a bit of rust in the boot in the typical places. So, you know. A whole boot later and a, and a left-hand rear quarter panel later <laughs> and the hail damage, it's all fixed. It's all fixed now. <laughs> it's like you again. <laughs> How is that car going anyway? Don't know. <laughs> put it in, I'll put it to hibernation when we went into hibernation. <laughs> it's covered up. Uh, got the C-Tech trickle charger there, keeping it charged. Yeah, so pretty much it. But um, had speaking of cars, the Mercs, your, yours looked very shiny the other day when you posted a picture of it. It looked very nice. I liked the, the paint job. Did you polish it up even further? Uh, polished it up, yes. Uh, but okay. it's... Well, I think I'm going to have to repaint some parts because uh, like, I think I've cut it back too, too far. <laughs> oh. oh, well, you know, bit of practice. You live and you learn. That's I it. Suppose. Yep. It didn't cost as much money anyway. Uh, only a complaint from the neighbours. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Um, which, which, are, which are your best mates, Rob? So they are. They are. But, hey, <laughs> do, do you see my new wheels? Uh, the wheels I, I finished up. I put them on there. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll show you. I'll show you what, what the wheels look like now. Uh, I'll just send it to you guys. Through to you guys. So yeah, on Monday I got them. I got them put on. I had to go get some other um some other some other wheel studs to get them on because of because they would uh, obviously they wouldn't fit with those ones on there but um that's what it kind of looks like now with them on. Oh yeah. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it looks nice. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think I think it looks better uh, with those wheels and I I had to get I had to get the guards rolled the front guards um, because because their offsets quite big on them so. Okay. So yeah, it's 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 all right now. Um, had a bit of rub, but now it's now, now it seems to be fine. But took it for a drive today. I took it to Macedon, okay, which was which was which was actually a real nice drive. Caught up with Ed this morning, and when we went for a drive. He took he took his W one two three. I took the one two four. Drove down to Macedon. Busy as tons of people were there. Like I think because of the first day, like you know, first weekend they were allowed out again. There was just it was packed. Like so, um, we tried to keep a social distancing. You, you know, you know how well you know how, how it is and. Uh, <laughs> Got a pie for lunch, which was nice, and then um, then drove home. And on my way home, I don't know what the hell happened, but the uh, the driver's side indicator went bang, and it flew off, and <laughs> just disintegrated. So oh no, uh, is it because it just clips in, doesn't it, with one screw, isn't it? No, it's not even a screw; it's just a, it just clips, like you just pop it in. It just clips in. So like I was like, what, I was like, what the hell? Like, this is at 110 k per hour. I'm like, oh shit! I'll, I'll like, I'll, I'm like. 
Well, it's my right in the car. I'm only turning left to get home, so I should be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's uh, good because at least you can put your hand out the window on the right-hand side. Yes, correct. <laughs> so um, like, it was weird because like, I didn't know what it was. And I was like, I heard it like, batung, and I just hear the, I see this thing behind me just like shatter. I'm like, I wonder what that is. And then I keep driving. I've got to put my indicator on to overtake somebody. And the ABS light comes on. I'm like, oh, shit, I don't know what that means. Because when the ABS lights that comes on those, it means uh, you've got a globe out. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I've got more than a globe out. I've got my whole indicator off. So <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll show you a picture, actually. This is, this is what it looked like. I wasn't impressed. I've been uh, watching Mission Impossible and it's self-destructed. Self-destructed. So, uh-huh. <laughs> wow! But, it, but it, it, the whole thing, the whole holder, everything's gone. Everything's gone. Yeah, it's all um, one piece. Oh, yeah. So you, you notice there those those two clips that were still stuck in in the in the headlight. Because uh, oh, wow. I, I have no idea how it how it just disintegrated like that. Um, were they amber indicator? Um, correct. You're gonna yeah, get clear yeah. ones. I had clear ones on there before, um, but they never fit right because they because they're they're aftermarkets. And the genuine okay. ones are, are worth a shit ton, and I'm just like, well, uh, you know, I can get an Amber one for twenty bucks, or, or pay pay for the other ones, but uh, I'm still deciding. Well, I, I want to go to uh to our, our friends at German Star, Rob, and uh, okay, and uh, try to see, see if I can get a set. Uh, but yeah, it was yeah. Apart from that, the, the car the car was driving perfectly, and I, I was bloody spewing. I'm like, far out. The chances of that happening. So. So that that was today, and yesterday I took the Forester out because like I haven't driven the Forester properly in, in ages, and uh, I was going to Sandringham for for a hike because they've got some tr- some nice trails out there, and you know the cars driving s- sweet as, then all of a sudden I pull up to a set of lights, and the revs drop and the car idles really really rough. I'm like what the hell? The Christmas the the dash lights up like a Christmas tree. I'm like oh shit, here we go. So I I, I pull over into the service lane. Um, and I, I got my OBD, I got my OBD scanner always with me in the car, so I plugged it in, I switched on my phone, and it said the cam, uh, the cam angle sensor in bank A, so on, on the right side of the engine's shit itself, so um, causing it to run lean and stuff. So I'm like, I better not drive it. So I had to get towed from Sandringham yesterday. Wow. So yeah, so it's it's at the front of my house now, and then it's going to get towed in tomorrow to my, to the mechanic, obviously to get to get fixed. Please. Two car issues in two days. It's you know, I mean, the Forester, to its credit, has worked like clockwork the whole time I've owned it. Just all of a sudden, and it and it, it gets me, it got me thinking because like I had this chat with um with Ed today, uh when when we were you know when we when we stopped for a, for a bite to eat, which is like modern cars like one little sensor goes on them and that's it they're out. You know, like it's it, if it was like an older car, you'd, you'd be just like, oh yeah, it'd be something small and you can fix it. But I, I couldn't fix it on the side of the road. And I think that you know, it's the it's the planned obsolescence in the vehicles too, because after seven to ten years, they they go brittle, they start to crack, and yeah. you have to start replacing all these bits and pieces on them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and BMW is the best example. Like, you know, <laughs> plastic. Yeah. yeah, plastic. Well. Um, cause, cause the forest has got variable cam timing. It's, it's, they only came like from this forest onwards with, with VCT. Uh, it's actually underneath the, um, the cam cover. Cause like, you, you know, they've got the covers at the front of the engine on those. Mm. Um, and I'm like, well, I can't, I can't even get to these. So I'll have to just like, just, I, I was, it was too risky to drive. I didn't want to damage it any further. Um, it was weird though, because like I tried to get in front of some traffic to, to get to the side of the road. It wouldn't even, it wouldn't even come on boost. Like it's like a cut a little boost out of it. 
Um, it was like the EC was saying, uh, it's, a, it's in protection mode, limp home mode, just, just in no boost, just, just get off to, to the side of the road, um, which, which was, you know, I mean, I can see why they do that, do that, but you're right with the plan of obsolescence. Like, you know, it's, it's a really random thing to go on it. Like it's, I mean, it's nothing major. It's just a sensor at the end of the day, but it, it kind of just shows how brittle and, you know, uh, technology wise, new, newer cars just, just, they just mm. can go small little thing like that and it kills the car. I, I guess what's concerning just with that sort of thought is as we move forward to full LCD screen head clusters and yeah. um, everything is LCD. Like I was, I came across a video of the 2021 um, Escalade. I mean, I know that's sort of their top of the range, but this thing has like four four LCD screens, or not LCDs, what do you call it? OLED LED. screens. Yeah, OLEDs, yeah. Um, and all four of them, the way when the car lights up, like if you're looking at the dash, all four of them sort of light up at the same time, and then they sort of, um, it sort of overlaps with whatever it shows on each one of those screens. And you just think, what would happen if you're, if everything is digital? right? You've got speed being shown through a computer. You've got your accelerator that's drive by wire. You've got your power steering that's electric assisted. Um, <laughs> and you've got your transmission that shifts whenever it feels like shifting. You have your brakes that's brake by wire. All of these things, right? It's just crazy that we're moving so into this electric space or especially yeah. when it comes to like digital instrument clusters and things like that, if something goes wrong. You have to take it back to the dealer, which a lot of the times conventional dealers, yeah. they don't know much more than what you would know. All they do is they just pop a part out, pop another part in. And hmm. while they're supporting it over the next, whatever, seven to 10 years, that's okay. But once after the 10 years, it's, you throw the car away you wouldn't plan on restoring it <laughs> it's just too yeah. too hard well i had that issue with my rear seat belt right my sensor's going off and it was from the, the very day i picked it up they still haven't figured it out it's gone to the dealerships four times wow. and it thinks that someone's sitting in the middle seat in the back so i've just got the seat belt plugged in now um <laughs> it's gone to three different dealers four times and they every time they say it's fixed but as soon as you drive out the same problem again this is something so simple but yeah it's it's getting harder i think and yeah for car people um reliability is going to be a big thing in the future well ed was saying today he was he was mentioning um like he loved his w220s class it was a, like a low k example mm -hmm. it was a, it was a s430 you know had 60,000 k's on it 109 besides him He's like, but everywhere he used to drive in that car, he's like, I was scared. I'm like, I'm like, why? I'm like, it's an S-Class. He's like, not for the fact that it's an S-Class, for the fact that it's just so much tech in that shit in that car. You know, you've got your air suspension. You've got, um, you know, all the electrics that, that come in, in you know, with an S-Class. One thing goes, you forget about it. You know, the, you can you throw the car away. He's like, well, well I've, got a, I've got a W124 or, or, a, or a, um, a 190 diesel where it's just like, you know, turn the key, all mechanical it just works he's like i've got more faith in an old car from the 80s than i did in a car that it's in the 2000s so, you know for yeah. the tech 
like he's like the only time that car broke down it had a um, crank angle sensor and it, it, it shit itself and then it died on the freeway like he was you had to pull over on the free, well, it wasn't him that was driving but you know on the freeway and you know it's like small little things like that and it kind of makes you scared to take your car long distance like you know i've driven the i've driven the forest up to mount masson and i've driven it to a, to a fair, fair few places but you know if, if i didn't have my total care you know 100 k's you know i was always like 60 or so k from home I would have had to pay for a tow, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been ideal. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not, it, it gets you thinking about, about, about cars in general, really. Um, yeah. I mean, in a way, definitely. That's the way cars are now. They're just so much technology put into them and sensors, yeah. um, safety features now. Not like I'm saying I'm against safety features, <laughs> but, um, there's so many sensors used to run them now, like rain assists and the braking brake assists and everything like that on top of it is just creating more problems in the end. They all run on sensors and things and they're not going to last forever. It's just more but, stuff to go wrong. I'm, yep. I was watching this um, uh, YouTube thing on um, electric cars and they were testing various electric cars throughout England. And some of them, when they run out of power, they actually stop you can't even push them they lock oh, wow. up yeah Whereas, <laughs> so it's pretty scary <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's it's you know again this is where like you know t- technology and stuff's going like it's it's all it's it's all getting like very high tech which is great but yeah but you know when it goes wrong you know you kind of you kind of stuck yeah. and you know, like like i was yesterday stuck in sandringham had to, I had to catch a cab home because uh the truck the 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 um the tow truck driver, they got COVID, COVID laws, but I can't go in, I can't go in there. I couldn't get a, get a ride home. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's, I was in the back of, I was in the back of a Camry that's done 670,000 Ks, he said, and it's, it's, it's like original engine, second transmission. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it a hybrid? No, it wasn't. It was, it was just a standard Camry uh, with a, just, just right. Camry on gas. And um, <laughs> yeah. So. I'm like, well, I might as well start talking to this guy about his, about his cab. And uh, he, he was telling me how he had, uh, like, I don't know, do you guys know much about, like, the, the deregulization and, um, of all of, of the cabs, like, a few, all those years ago? Yeah, it was all because of Uber bringing it on, I, I would, I, I gather. I mean, that, that was a part of it. Well, basically, what, what he did, he, he had, like, he had, I think, eight licenses, he said to me. And um, yeah. I got, I got you know, talking with the guy, and he, he's been driving cabs for, like, you know, 27 or 28 years, he was mentioning. You know, an older gentleman. Um, you know, he's like, he's like, he's like, his daughter just had a had had a kid, so he's like, oh, I'm, I'm a grandfather now. So he's like, this is back when this is when she first first had the grandchild. He's like, you know what, I want to spend more time at home with with, with the grandkid. You know, enjoy my life a bit more. He's like, I've worked hard for blah 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 last so many years. So he's like, I decided to um to sell my uh to, to sell my licenses and, and sell my my little business, and um he sold it three months before the deregulation. Uh, before they deregulated the industry. So basically he, he got, he got hunted by like a few companies and he sold those plates for, I think he said over 1.7 million or something. Mm. And, um, wow. which is, it's a lot, lot of money, like considering like people were swapping plates for like 300, 500,000 know, per plate. He just sold the whole thing. I think he kept one for himself or, you know, for his, for his own car. Anyway, um, three months later, the government dereg- uh, deregulates the industry and those plates become worth nothing. So yeah. it, like you, you can, you can go and just buy a plate for 50 bucks essentially. 
So wow. all these all these people that took loans out, to, he was explaining to me all, all these people that took loans out to, to pay for these um to pay for these licenses, uh, with these license plates for, for these cabs, they became worth nothing. So so the bank wouldn't the bank would say, well these plates aren't worth anything, so we're not going to, you know, you're gonna have to pay us back. And these people lost their homes and and you know all mm. all from the industry. And, and I'm like, well didn't they get compensated? He's like, yeah. He's like, they the government compensated you for. Hundred thousand dollars for your first plate, fifty thousand dollars for your next plate, and nothing for the other plates that you had. So if, for people that had all these, you know, all these really expensive, like you know, these like twenty plates, you know, for the twenty cabs they had running, they only got a would maximum. The maximum they would have got was one hundred fifty grand. So he's like, I'm lucky I got it when I did. He's like, because I had no idea it was coming either. Um, but you know, if I didn't, I would have been screwed. And he was, it was, you know, we got we got talking about that and. And it made me think, I'm like, oh, so was this Uber's fault? He's like, no, this is like right before Uber and like before everything kind of like you know, okay. took off. So I thought I thought it was the whole Uber situation. That they, they, no, they, no, I thought that was to do with Uber. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I said to him. Well, I'm like, oh, he's, like, he's like, no, he's like, there's a whole other system. Of, he was explaining it to me. I didn't, I didn't understand. But uh, I, you know, I, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't hear it from that perspective before. And he was explaining to me like all these people, you know, they just, they just, the industry just went, went to shit pretty much. So... And he, he's like, he's like, how can you expect people to um to, to give you a good service if if they've lost their houses and you know stuff from all these you know losing all the money, paying five hundred thousand dollars for a plate, and then now it's worth nothing, and the bank wants their money back. So, you know, that's it, it was an interesting time. Yeah, a friend of mine um, actually bought uh, a plate or a license to do weddings because back in the early days, you used to have to actually buy a license to do weddings, and um, I thought I think he bought two of them, and he got paid fifteen or twenty thousand for each license. So he came out forty thousand a head. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, they they paid him money to hand his licenses back. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so he done all right. Look, guys, we're gonna go to a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Car Talk Sunday Kickback. Still here in isolation with Riz, Scott, Rob, Harley, and Joe. Joe, like uh, obviously, first time on the show. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself. What cars are you into? Mainly into motorbikes, but I've got a, I've got like a shared ownership of a uh, MG Midget. Oh yeah, it's been now uh, fully restored, and I daily drive is just a Ford old Ford Courier. Does the job. And what's what's what matters the MG got, Joe? <laughs> the Midget's got a uh, a uh, two liter Nissan motor in it with a Nissan five speed, Nissan sixteen hundred independent diff uh, and half shafts connected by a uh, custom made dual wishbones at the back and uh, custom dual wishbones steering the front and all made it to uh, to Nissan Nissan Bluebird hubs. Um, yeah, so it's a bit of a mix and match of uh, a few things. So is, is that Nissan? Like uh, is it got the SR20? You said it's Nissan two liter. Is it an SR20 motor? No, nah, it's older than that. It's a old uh, Series Three Bluebird motor. Okay. So it's a the eight spark plug, uh, sort of overhead cam cross flow. The one with the uh, it's got the the dizzy sticking out the side. I don't know if oh. you've seen it. I can't remember it. Yeah. An older one. It could be it's yeah. Old. It could be yeah. Bluebird Series Three. 
Oh. Oh, it's good. It's good. Uh, it's uh, it's got a the whole rear suspension is mounted on a, a custom subframe to mount all the independent suspension, and that's all been um, welded to a separate chassis that's been glued and welded um, from front to back of the car. All right. So it's all it's all uh, very rigid. It was uh, uh, all made by my uh, father-in-law who used to work for Holden. And uh, he started off as a draftsman at Holden. Then they uh, picked him to, to go to Detroit for four years to um, study engineering at the, uh, Holden, at the GM factory. Yeah. And then he came back and started work here. So, so did, he work, did he work with GM when he got, when he got back here? Or? Yeah, yeah. But GM sponsored him to work in in Detroit and he came back came back and worked here for Holden's didn't he work for another engineering firm after and he worked for um, he's worked for after GM he worked for Volkswagen he worked for Nissan and then he ended up working just doing uh, things that he wasn't really his main uh, passion and uh, and training and then he ended up working at this uh, company called EDAG they uh they're an international company. They uh, design, they do design work for uh, the manufacturers, the, the one-off stuff and the prototyping for for uh, all the show cars, any new engineering that um, that the factories don't want to do, they farm it off to EDAG and they, and they do all the really hard work for them that the factories don't have the expertise for anymore. Especially in Australia, they you know they they've got the expertise they they've got the manufacturing expertise, but the ex design expertise it's like they've let they haven't retrained people and uh, brought people on to, to learn that. So they they just didn't have anyone to to uh, design a lot of the stuff here anymore at one stage yeah. when they were still here. And Joe's had an interesting collection of cars. He used to have a two sixty Z, two plus two. Oh, nice. And before that, his first car was a Datsun, was it 180 B triple S? Oh, yeah. <laughs> collector's cars, mate. Now they're worth a fortune. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I was wondering, uh, years ago, a family friend had a Stanza triple S. Oh, yeah. And I always thought it was like the weirdest car. And now they're really sought after. <laughs> I made Stanza triple S. You can put yeah. Stanza. You can put a bigger mark, bigger mark. So like um and like people used to like really like the old the old dados because they, they used to be really good at really good you know rally they had like live rear axles and they could just like swing them around corners and scandy flicks and have a bit of fun with them so no they we had a lot know, of fun in the Datsun <laughs> gone for a few accidents <laughs> gone for a few fences <laughs> we used to have a lot of gravel roads down on back of Duke Street and yeah through to Footy Able. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we once uh, we, we once we once had a sort of a, a game, see how many people we can get into it. Were you in the car? No, I didn't go in. No, but how many people? In? Got, I think we got eleven people into the one eighty three, <laughs> and then and then we drove it into the paddock and around in the on the dirt. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was funny. Did some crazy things back then. You can't can't get away with those things now. <laughs> uh, you you wouldn't be able to. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Yeah, back then we used to just have fun with our cars. Now it's like the fun police are out all the time. You can't, you can't do uh, it. There's a lot more cars on the road, more dangerous, less paddocks. And we used to practice in the paddocks to, you know, do those flicks and, you know, and, and sort of drift the cars on the grass and dirt, and, you know. And you wouldn't want to do that to your car now these days anyway. Back in the, the old days, so, so what if you got mud up in the guards and, you know, stone chips? It didn't matter. But yeah. you just wouldn't do that to your car these days. I mean, that's why you buy. That's why you buy like a like a cheap like a ch- cheap run around, and you can do that with that. Do that to that one, and you have your nice car. Nice. Yeah. But back then, it was your daily. It was it was your rally car. It was, it was your drag car. It was everything. It's funny. It's funny because like, I've had a few like you know like people on like for example like my brother's girlfriend's dad and you know. And, and they've said like how like they used to go drag racing like you know some you know, some nights you know past the old Ford factory and you know just it's like it's like you wouldn't be able to do half the stuff we did back then now and it, it, it's like it's like it was, it's like what a time to be alive when I, when I was younger he's like now it's just like you can't do nothing so look I, I do recall we used to go to Cherry Lane Pipes Road um, drag races you know we used to drag there and the police would do a blitz and block off both ends. And you'd be stuck there all night, and they'd be putting canaries on every car as you walk <laughs> going through. So, yeah, we used to cop it too. Uh, it's, uh, look, look, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's fun hearing like different stories from like you know, people that obviously that are a bit that are a bit older than us because they've had different experiences with their cars, and it's it's always good to have that have that that discussion. So, so yeah, and nice to know that you can fit eleven people in a, uh, what was it a Datsun uh, one. What did you say? Was it one twenty? One eighty B. Two doors. Is two doors? Two doors. Yeah. Yeah. Pairs on the dash. Did they have triple weapons on that? Did they have triple weapons on that? It had uh, twins, twin Hitachis, which look like SUs. Oh, nice. So you had one on the dash. How many in the boot? <laughs> None. I'm not sure if we had anyone in the boot. It was all in the back, wasn't it? I can't remember. We might have had. No, no, we had someone in the boot as well. No, we had someone in the boot. I think there was one. I only fitted one in the boot. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty small boot. <laughs> Speaking of boots, we used to go to the driving with the old P76, P76, and we fit two or three in the boot in the old P76. The Leyland. I don't know. You wouldn't know that what a Leyland is, Manny. I know that. Oh, yes, you do. Because you yes, I do. Boots. Yeah, you know exactly yeah. what they are. Yeah. You you, you so, um, a, was, it, was it a was it a twenty gallon drum in the in the boot? Forty four gallon drum, yeah, in the back yeah. of the boot. Yeah, and and three eskies. And three. Yeah, all, all in a row at the back on the back parcel shelf of the boot it was fantastic. But yeah, we used to go to the drive-ins and then everyone would be coming out of the boot <laughs> at the, the old Barrymong drive-ins or the Sunshine drive-ins, oh, Laverton drive-ins. Yeah, we used to go to all the drive-ins. Yeah, so and, and I'm I'm surprised in, you know with um ISO at the moment that um the drivings aren't doing big again. Mm. You think the Coburg driving would be flat out and open? I don't think they're open. I think the, no, I think the Coburg. I'm not sure about the Coburg driving, but Coburg drive-bys are pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> I think Laverton was in the same sort of spot as well. The Laverton drive-bys. <laughs> 
And you said that with a straight face too. Very good. Oh, I used to work in Leverton. It's the biggest shithole I've ever been to. Like the industrial part of it anyway. Mm. The win- you gotta have you gotta have the window half down and like eyes just above it so you can like you know, have your gun like halfway out the window so, so that way you can't see who's doing. Well, as a as a car driver, I can't believe EPA hasn't like they they get people for having loud exhaust pipes. They should shut that whole suburb down. Yeah, there's dust everywhere. There's so much dust. Um, it's crazy. And it stinks. Stinks, yeah. From the tip, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, there's the tip, but there's like a steel mill. There's also um, the concrete uh, products plant that I used to work at. Is abattoir? There's just so, huh? The abattoir is there. Um, which one? The one with COVID or the one? Is it another <laughs> one? Both. <laughs> Both. Yeah. So it's. I mean, Toyota's Altona plant was not far from there. That part used to be okay, but yeah, there's just so much dust around, um, which I'm just surprised that they allow businesses to operate like that. But every time someone has a slightly loud exhaust pipe or a car is slightly lowered, they would give the driver, you know, a hefty fine, but they wouldn't do anything about all this pollution that is in that <laughs> suburb of Laverton. Uh, who knows? Who knows what, what they what they're gonna do next? Is it's uh it's interesting because I I used, to, I used to drive on the ring road every day all the way to to mm. to Werribee, and I'd I'd know the exact point where I'd where to press recirculate on my on my uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. on my car so I wouldn't get the smell. Uh, I, I got, yeah, I think that's a scannery. Just after you pass yeah, the speed camera. Yeah, just after you pass the speed camera. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. So what I, I have enough time to slow down, look, press the button, because I was going to slow down coming for the camera and then take off again. Well, anyway, guys, it's time for Car of the Week. So uh, it's, this is where we, we all choose a car on the classifieds under $10,000, and we choose the best one. So we, we all vote in the end for who, who's got the best car. I'm happy to start off tonight if you, if you guys would, wouldn't mind. Yeah, awesome. Cool. All right. So my car, well, actually, I'll, I'll let you guess what it is first. It's from 1999. Um, it's a two-door coupe manual, or coupe manual, uh, made by Honda. Coupe made by Honda. Prelude. It's an Integra. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's a Prelude. Yeah, well done. Yep. Oh. Really? So this is this is it here. I'll, I'll, uh, it's the full ten thousand dollars, but um, it's a uh, it, it looks really really tidy. Um, it's got some really rare bits on it, which I'll get to in a second. But, but it's My a mate, 99... mate. <laughs> There you go. It's a 99 um, Prelude SI manual. So, like the paint's pretty straight. It's got it's got a it's got like like a legit um it's got a uh, a gritty body kit. Um, it's got Mitsubishi Evo wheels. Uh, it's got uh, it's got like the no hard... bonnet. No bonnet with these pictures. Uh, it's got no. It's got a H23A1, which is like apparently like like a good engine that they could they could have come with. So it's like you know the high revving you know obviously Honda engines. We've got here. Uh, I'll just go go through the images. So it's got uh, Evo 8 Inkies with the uh, uh, Honda center caps, which which is which is a kind of common, a common thing where people use um, Evo 8 wheels on, on a lot of other cars. Um, mm. We've changed it to a genuine Recaro in the front. Um, it looks pretty tidy apart from that. Um, so it's got a couple of stone chips and a bit of a dent on the, on the quarter panel, but basically why I like it for 10 grand 
Um, he's on it for four years. He's had many VTIRs, which didn't come close. So this is a, it's got a brand new reconditioned. So it's, the motor's pretty much brand new. H23A with a H22A type S pistons um, resulting in higher compression ratio, matched with a one and a half way LSD gearbox, which has been fully rebuilt. So basically the H23A uh, includes a closed deck, which is great for boosting, whereas the, the full H22s uh, had spaghetti rods and they weren't really good for, for, for boost. So basically it's got a Recaro, it's got S2000 passenger seat, type, uh, sorry, type S rear seats, whole bunch of JDM, you know, JDM bits and pieces. It's also got uh, Cusco wrist uh, strut brace, um, you know, front strut brace, adjustable conies, um, five-star conversion on the hub. So it's, it's, all, it's all been done, you know, with the Evo wheels. Uh, it's had a freshly painted front bar. Like it's got all, it's got like a whole bunch of like good little parts. Overall, you know, ready to, ready to go as is for ten thousand dollars. So that's that's my that's my one right there, guys. Good. Who'd like to go next? And, uh, uh, yeah, I'll go next. Oh, go on, Scotty. Why not? Okay, mine is a two thousand and three Subaru WRX. Uh, it's manual. I'll just copy it over and I'll paste it in there so you can take a look. In the chat, yep. Um, six thousand seven hundred dollars. Cheap for WRX. Um, full service history. Uh, it was used as like a company car. Okay. That's it up there now in the chat. Hopefully that works. Yep. Yeah. Oh no, nice. the link didn't work. Hang on. Is Let me click one? into it. Is it the black one? Yeah. Did it come up? The black yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. It's up. Looks looks quite tidy. Quite um, tidy. Yeah. I mean, K's are pretty high, but it's got full service history to back it up. Uh, it's not modified or anything. It's just got a different muffler on it. Yeah, it's not bad. Sixty. Hmm. I mean, it's a lot of car for the money. Like, like Rob, you've owned a WRX, and, and you reckon that that was an awesome car, to, awesome car to drive. One of my favourite cars I've, I've owned. Yeah, it was fantastic, especially when you go Hopefully. squirting up through the hills. It was just awesome. Great car to drive. Just um, it was the closest thing that you'd get um, out of a car compared to a motorbike with that adrenaline rush going through the hills at speed. Mm. Uh, yeah. It just handles so well. Um, it had a bit of understeer and all that sort of stuff if you pushed it real hard, but yeah. uh, apart from that, um, no, it was a yeah, awesome car. Not very good for the dirt corrugated roads. So you think you see WRC mm. and I try to rally it, doesn't like rallying. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't like the corrugations whatsoever. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that's a good car for the money, um, Scott. Well done. Um, yeah, that's yeah. my pick. So, um, I'll go with the theme that I've been using so far, and it's one of the cars I use on. It's a 1992 Ford that I think was built in Japan. These ones were built in Sydney. That's amazing. Or Ford Laser. Ford Laser. You know, this was my my first car. I had a KH92 Laser, GL. Uh, They were... I actually had a 1991, but I can't find any on car sales. Um, 
And this one looks pretty good, apart from the fact that it's an auto instead of a manual. The manual gearbox was really nice to drive. It was. Because yeah. it was sort of, it was like an accidental short shifter. <laughs> so it, it's not like it had one. But yeah, just reliable, fun little car to drive. And I mean, this car, they're asking 2500 for it. It's, and it looks like it's pretty much in stock standard condition, including that uh, dash mat that it's got. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, really, really sort of good, fun little car. Not many of them around, but you do see them running around. And I mean, for a car that's what, nearly 30 years old, um, fairly reliable. But the Ks on that are super low, 124,000. Yeah. I wonder if Ed's been working on that odometer. <laughs> <laughs> Winding things back. Oh, that's a good car, is I like it. Uh, Rob, Harley, and Joe, what have you guys come up with? Well, I was thinking, I was looking through car sales quickly, and I was looking what cheapest V8 Mercedes I could find. <laughs> and that is... Like that, it had decent Ks, it wasn't too old, and had some decent power. And that was a CLK 500 for right. for eight thousand nine hundred dollars. Wow! With only hundreds of thousand Ks on it. That's not bad. That's all right. What does the description say? Um, it says uh, a now. very tidy CLK, virtually unmarked paint, full service history, great car, comes with seventeen alloys. Um, Runs like a dream, uh, showroom condition, just completed major service, never been in an accident, strong, 225 kilowatt engine, been well looked after, service history available. Yep, pretty much sold at, uh, sold as is at the moment for 8,900. Is it dealer or private? It's a private, private. in Seaford. All right. Negotiate. I only, only driven to church on a Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably not great, but I reckon if you go there, offer him 7,000 cash, 7,500 cash, drive it for a bit and sell it in summer for 8,900. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, it. Just, just stop at Seaford, don't go any further, you'll end up in Frankston. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. All right. No, they're, they're really, they're four very different cars. So you had the, uh, the, the CLK, uh, Scotty had the WRX. Riz had the laser and I had the prelude. Uh, what are you guys going to vote for? Riz, what do you think? Um, I think probably the prelude because we don't see many of them around. And the one that, I mean, that modified kit that it's got, the Gretty one, I mean, it's just good to even see a kid on a car like a Prelude because <laughs> most of them are just stock standard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like that. And, yeah, not many of them around. So, that'd be my pick. Scotty Doe. I reckon that'd be a rare front lip, too. Didn't know Greddy really made parts like that. Yeah, I've never seen one before. Mm. Especially any kind of body kit parts and that for a Prelude. Yeah. Yeah, Supra as you'd expect, but not them. Oh, yeah. Veil side for Supra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where, where, where's your head at, Scott? 
Uh, yeah, I'm tossing up between that one or the WRX. Um, probably go the WRX, I think. Okay. Nice, nice. Rob. We haven't seen a photo of the WRX yet. Doesn't no, matter. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. still go Rex. Yeah, uh, probably Rex. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a garbage value, so just get the Rex. Rex? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a sucker for a Rex, as you know, Scott. Uh, But I'm pissed off with Subarus this week So I'm going to go the Honda (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair enough this week (laughs) So what was the prelude Sorry, so how much your prelude cost again? Ten Ten And then Rex is only like six grand I'll I'll show you what the Rex looks like Let me me get it up and I'll um, I will I'll share my screen. Pretty much original, except for the exhaust. Yeah, just said it has an aftermarket microphone. Can you guys see the car? That's nice. It's nice. Doesn't look like it's been molested, like the uh, prelude. Stop swearing, boys. That's pretty pretty clean. It is clean. It's a a very clean car. For price. So what do you win? (laughs) You don't win anything. You just go, yes. Or you can go buy the car and go tonight. Like we did. Go buy the car. Joe, go and buy it, Joe. That's, that's what we did. Matty's going to Merck. So this was the car of the week. And we ended up buying the car of the oh, week the, uh, with yeah, the, the, the barrel Merck. Yeah, yeah, So, I mean, it's either so I think that. you should buy it, Joe. No, I'm all right. Joe's it's buying it. No, Joe's no. buying it. What up, Joe? No. <laughs> <laughs> enough registrations. <laughs> so He's only got two. For me, it's either the the Subi or my my Prelude. But like the reason why I like the Prelude, you don't see many of these anymore, and it, it kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's still a good looking little car. Like it's not it's not a bad looking car. Yes, it's not as quick as the um as the uh, as the Rex, but it's a bit different because you know. And again, Subarus have because most of the way. motors seized. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you don't uh, change the oil regularly. It uh, blocks up the the oil uh, feed. Now the, the oil feed that's in the sump yep. got a go- have gauze over the top. It gets yep. a bit of sludge on it, and it you can't suck. It won't suck the oil up, and they uh, seize they all the time. Seize. Yeah. No, I'm going to stick with the prelude. So it's a draw between the Rex and the. Uh, and no, the- no, it's, <laughs> no, it's no draw here, man. It's, it's the Rex right. all the way. <laughs> You can have your Rex. You can have your Rex. There you go. Take the Rex. Yes. <laughs> Rex, it is. Uh, nah, all, all good, guys. So, I think we're just about out of time for, for tonight. Joe, is there anything else you guys wanted to mention before we uh, close up proceedings for today? Uh, just a um, quick one. Uh, so, what do you think about the cash? Um, you know, with COVID the way it is at the moment and, you know, car shows and things like that, do you think that's going to sort of loosen up a little bit and people no, be getting out? I don't want big club crowds yet. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. It's very interesting at the moment, to be honest with you. Um, I, <laughs> I think it's going to be hard to do car meets and stuff again just due to the whole fact of that they're – they're going to be worried that if someone's sick that goes there, you know, if there's, there'll be a lot of people that'll be, that'll be there and, you know, crap will hit the fan. Then, you know, it'll, uh, it'll be like a bad look for, you know, for that. So, um, 
I don't know. Like, I think I think like I, I want to see car events back, but I don't see them coming back for a while unless we all just stay in our cars. What do yeah, you guys think? Probably drives, I reckon. Like maybe cruises. There's a few cruises, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think thirty of us are allowed outdoors um, if there's one Holden present. <laughs> because that's how many are allowed at a funeral outdoors <laughs> exactly and it is a funeral isn't it for Holden well that's right yeah well, well that car rattles. have you sorry with the car rattles have you heard the story of the the Rolls Royce and the rattle coming from the back no you haven't mm -hmm. heard that story no well this guy had a brand new Rolls Royce and um, he had it for a month and uh, developed this rattle in the coming from the back somewhere and took it to the dealer once. They couldn't find what the problem was, took it back and uh, it kept coming and going. And the guy spat the dummy and he said, look, I want it fixed. So he took it to Rolls Royce. They uh, took it back to the factory. They pulled the uh, the interior apart, all of it, stripped it all out. And towards the end of the strip out, they found um, some marbles in the ashtray in the back seat that the, oh, sorry, marbles, or sorry, lollies in the back seat, in the ashtray in the back seat that the owner's kid had put in there. And they reckon that's what caused it. And so they put it all together. They put it all back together and uh, charged the guy for all the labour for, uh, pulling, for it apart. pulling it apart. It was like a week's labour. So the Kia could have some lollies in the back. That's common though. But that's common too though, yeah? Like his uh, dad's friend Charlie works at uh, Range Rover, yeah? And the, there's a few uh, women come in. She goes, this is rattled my car. And then he... he but the back seat and picked up the baby's rattle was like rattling it to the, the worker. He <laughs> <laughs> goes like, baby, this is it. <laughs> is there actually I, a baby I, I, rattle, rattle underneath the seat? The Range Rover. So, um, look, the only car-related thing I'd say is there's a lot of stock that dealers have that they need to move. Um, factories are starting to open up in the US. So Honda has reopened their factories in certain states. Um, so is Hyundai uh, this week. Oh yeah. They're very open to doing the S-Class again. I saw that. So things are sort of, sort of starting to get back normal in terms of production. Um, what's been surprising to see is how much of us's car industry is actually manufactured in in the us um so all the big companies have plants there the kias and the hondas and toyotas of course um along with all the us brands but it will be interesting times ahead um as to see who will survive and come out of this um, mazda's already asked for over three billion us dollars um, from Japanese banks to loan them and help them get out of this crisis. Wow. So they may not be around. And they also posted a 45% uh, decline in their profit um, so far in 
within the last year or so when they had to report their profit globally a lot of it is not to do with the pandemic but it's to do with the declining Mazda 3 sales mm. because they increased the price of the car making it sound like it was a premium build but it turns out that it's more uh, pe- people are not buying that crap mm. in terms of you know the extra premium they have to pay compared to the old car because it just isn't as premium as they wanted it to be. Yeah. So interesting times. Let's see who comes out. Yeah. Well, I heard today from a friend, um, like he had a family friend waiting on a car and it's been sitting at the docks for the last six weeks and they, and they, and they yeah. can't get him out of the docks in Port, in Port Melbourne there. They're all just stuck there. And there's yeah. more and more ships coming in because the workers can't come off the boats either yet. The cars are just being piled up there. Yeah. Like in the river. So, 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 so there's, I mean, the cars are just staying on the ships because they can't get them out. They're, they're, they're basically either, like the, either the ship has to stay here or they, like they, all the, the people working the ship un, like drive the cars off the ship, park them, and hop back on the ship and leave again to the next yeah. port. But they, 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 they can never go out, out of the yard there. Wow. That's and the insane. cars have to stay there too, like for like a certain number of weeks. There's no dock workers working there, apparently. Yeah. So the cars are quarantined. The, the cars are basically quarantined there because there's no, no one, like, no, like, people aren't bringing the cars out of the, the shipping yards. So, um, yeah, because what happens on those, uh, once the cars come off these, what they call row, row, roll on, roll off ships, they're literally six or seven story Westfield car park yeah. multiplied by 10. Yeah. Um, and once the cars come off those ships, they have to be compliant at the port. Um, and there's a whole procedure, but people are not doing that. What was interesting was, you know how we said last time that in April, Australia lost 50% of its new car sales. In the UK, they only sold 4,000 new cars in the month of April. There's a picture of the ports in like the port around London, and there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of cars sitting there that they don't know what to do with yeah and like yeah because like this this was a custom ordered brand new gle yeah from, the, from america and he's my friend, friend my friend's family friend ordered this car brand new and it's just been sitting there they can't get their car yeah mm. and it's here it's ready to go but they can't pick it up Interesting times, guys. Interesting times. Look, we are out of time tonight on the show. Um, uh, if you miss any of our, if you miss any of your previous episodes, all up on ShanEngine.com, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasting out. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to Car Talk. That's T O R Q U E with Manny J. Uh, like and share our Facebook page. It's Car Talk T O R Q U E with Manny J. Uh, we've also got our merch store up now. So on Teespring, we've got we're going to our t-shirt designs, and we've got more. We've got a new design coming up every week. We are offering a promotion for 10% off. So type in this code. It's all capitals. Q-W-R-O-E-P-I-F-3 and X. That is Q-W-R-O-E-P-I-F-3-X. If you want 10% off your next order or your first order to support us on, on Car Talk. Uh, for the show, supporting us helps us, you know, produce more content, pretty much. Uh, Riz, give your, um, give Car, Car Loop a plug. Carloop.com.au, guys, if you want to know what others are paying for new cars, um, so you've got something before you walk into the dealers with, 
check us out. Hundred mm. percent. Any anything else? Uh, Rob's fabrications of uh, fire extinguishers and going and strong. Strong. going strong, going strong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, just want to say thanks for coming on the show tonight, and I will see you guys next time. Take it easy. Yeah, thanks, thank guys. You. Thanks, guys. Thanks. See you all. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>